Hello and welcome to Beyond the Page, a Life is Story podcast. I'm Josh Olds, and today I'm talking with Dr. D. Michael Lindsay, the author of Hinge Moments, Making the Most of Life's Transitions. Uh, Dr. Lindsay, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for having me on. Now, I guess I guess the best question to begin with, because it's, it's rather foundational to the book, it's in the title, is just w- what is a hinge moment? How do you define that? The average American has 37 million minutes of life, but as we look at life, each of us can probably identify two dozen minutes that had a disproportionate impact on the rest of our time, mm-hmm. whether it's the minute that we are born, the minute we meet our spouse, the minute we land our dream job, the minute we first have a, a real tragedy in our family life, all of these become very important inflection points in our life. And if we handle them well, they can be a tremendous catalysts for good. But if we don't handle them well, they can also lead to a downward spiral. Mm-hmm. Hinge moments are those precious few minutes that we're given and the opportunities to be able to make a, a positive impact with our life and for uh, God to use them as significant milestones for greater good. Mm-hmm. And in the book, you you sort of subdivide a hinge moment as something that happens. I, I think there's seven steps to it. Can you walk us through what those steps are? Yeah, basically, as I was writing the book, it occurred to me, change is something that happens to us instantaneously, but transition is something that happens for us uh over a longer period of time, Mm -hmm. sometimes weeks, months, or even years. Transition is how we make sense of the change that is occurring. And even before we know it, we can look back and see little signposts of ways that maybe our spirits were getting ready for that particular change. I found that to be true in in my own life. Moments of both discernment and anticipation, which are the first two phases of transition, where you begin to sort of sense Maybe I'm feeling a, a sense of restlessness in, in this particular job that I'm in or a sense of hope or anticipation for something new, whether it's uh, you know getting pregnant and having your first child or um, moving to a new community. And then we sort of experience the, the moment of transition, which I call the intersection phase, which oftentimes can be the hardest. It's when you're really struggling with, with issues and mm-hmm. and trying to make sense of uh, all the change that's happened in your life. You're also oftentimes least supported in those moments because you're leaving one place, moving to another, but you haven't yet landed uh, completely. Then eventually you get into the new community and you start to become integrated into that community and you develop friends. And then you start to begin to be a source of inspiration for other people where not only have you made it through your transition, but now you're sort of helping people who may be further down on the journey themselves. And eventually we begin to sort of realize how all of this change that happened to us has actually been part of our own sort of development, growth, and maturing. And those seven phases walk you through sort of the process that oftentimes the Lord can use to help shape us into better people. Mm -hmm. And you... You actually are in the process of a big hinge moment in your own life. Uh, you're moving <laughs> from one, one presidential position of, of Gordon College to uh, Taylor University. Um, how much of this book stemmed from your own decision-making process as you navigated that journey? It's a fun project. I mean, I originally wrote this book thinking it would be you know, for high school and college students mm-hmm. facing big 
decisions in their life and how they make those decisions. But as I wrote it, I began to realize it had the chance to speak to people who were in their 20s, 30s, and 40s who might be considering some kind of a change or experience some kind of a change in their life. And uh, while writing the book, I began to sense that maybe the restlessness I was writing about, I myself was feeling. And so I've actually been walking through this process. I'm not yet moved into my new role at Taylor, but I will be later this summer. And I, I certainly am finding that the book has some good, useful things that are helping me in my own journey. Mm-hmm. You're going to go back to it and be like, well, I, I, I have to live this out. I wrote it, so <laughs> I have to model it now. Um, in some ways, I certainly want that to be true. Mm-hmm. Now, there, when I was reading the book, um, one of the things that hit me is that obviously you said that you were initially writing this with the idea of uh, high school, college students in mind. Th- those are big hinge moments. And those are hinge moments that usually there's a long preparation. There's a there's a long buildup to that moment. Like you, you, we know from kindergarten that there's pretty much what year, you know, we put our little kindergartners in, in the shirts that say class of, you know, whatever's 12 years down the line. Um, so that's a hinge moment that like you've been preparing for, been preparing for, been preparing for. There are other hinge moments in life that just hit you with no preparation, no warning whatsoever. And it could be, uh, it, more often than not, I think those are tend to be bad rather than good. They tend to be traumatic moments. How, yeah. how does the process, how is it different when you have these hinge moments that hit you unexpectedly? I think all of us will encounter these uh, over the course of our lives. So everybody has to get ready for it because it is coming. And oftentimes it comes in the form of tragedy, but can also come in the form of great serendipity or surprise. You know, you apply for a grad school that you never think you're going to get into, and then lo and behold, you get accepted. And now your life is uh, very different because you're going off to your dream institution. But oftentimes it comes in the form of difficulty or loss, death of a loved one, um, debilitating accident. These kinds of things happen to very faithful people um, without um, warning. I think that those kinds of hinge moments that we experience, it really forces us in the moment of crisis to rely upon the daily practices of our spiritual lives, the values and the virtues that we say are really important to us. You have to you have to cling to those in those moments of challenge because you don't really have a you don't have time for your character to be molded. You're just relying upon instinct. So in so many ways, what you're what you're really finding is that those hinge moments bring to the surface what kind of man or woman you are and what are those values that really ground your life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can uh, I, I can speak to a hinge moment in my life. And it was actually a moment that was in conflict with a prepared hinge moment in that my wife and I had been preparing to move. Uh, we we'd sort of we, we'd felt that sort of uh, been discerning that not d- discontent isn't really the right word, but just the readiness to move on from the uh, place that we were at. And um, I had actually gone into the church that I worked at and given them my notice and um the next day, we got a phone call from an adoption agency that said um, that my adopted son's uh, first mom was pregnant again and would we want to adopt the baby. 
And so we're like, okay, now we have this unexpected hinge moment and trying to navigate all of those things at once that we have here, you know, what's planned out. Uh, but then we mm. have obviously what what we could not have in any way planned. Um, mm. What and, – and I can – that's a longer story that's not for this, this podcast. Um, when it comes to moments like that, how much do you say, well – like there's there's something to be said and i'm not speaking to my situation in in particular to be like stick to the plan this is what you've always wanted or this is what you've always thought you would do uh when opportunities unexpected opportunities for hinge moments come up should you take the moment Mm. the opportunity just because it's there or should you stick to the plan just because there how do you discern and i guess that's probably the, the the method of discernment how do you discern when there are multiple paths, which one you're supposed to take? I think so much of this relies upon a, a sense of um, discernment. And you have to be grounded spiritually to be able to make the right decision. I think there's absolutely a right or wrong decision that you may face, and you need to be prepared for that. I can't say that it's always clear which direction to take, but I do think that, um, you know, throughout Scripture, God makes it very clear that he wants to try and be a God of clarity and of answers, not a God of confusion mm-hmm. or um, misguided uh, notions. That, no, God God has a, a, you know, Jeremiah 29, we're promised God has a, a future and a hope uh, for, our, for our lives. But it also says, You'll seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. And I think God's honored in the searching that part of the way that we come to know and experience God and actually be able to test and approve God's will is actually by the renewing of our mind, by having those regular disciplines. So a life of prayer, of following practices like prayer and fasting and meditation on scripture, these all become very important ways in which God somehow miraculously can speak to us and oftentimes we can't put our finger on exactly what we did it's not like we have this god in a genie bottle who comes up and and gives us a great answer but oftentimes there's a confluence of discernment signposts that god uses in our life a Mm -hmm. conversation with a friend a passage of scripture that we read a sermon that we hear all of these become important ways that god can speak to us Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm Uh, moving on to the point of, of intersection, you had mentioned that's sort of where we feel the least confident because we're leaving one established um, set of social support and we're moving to a new one, but we haven't yet established those relationships yet. How do we uh, – what are some things that we can do when we find ourselves in that point of intersection? of uh transitioning well and landing well um and keeping our confidence up as we go through that change well i experienced this for four or five months in between the the moment when i publicly announced that i was stepping down from the presidency Mm -hmm. at gordon but before i knew where i was going next and assuming the presidency at taylor and i found that to be a, a a season um of self-doubt and struggle, wondering, you know, will I ever again be able to land the kind of job that I've enjoyed in the past? And it, it was challenging for me. At the same time, 
I put in place some discipline. So my wife and I would take what we called a discernment walk every day. And we did this every day, seven days a week, rain or shine. Uh, we walked in the New England winter at 10 o'clock at night, and we walked on the beach in Florida, sparkling sunshine. Where, wherever we were, we would take a walk for anywhere from 15 minutes to two hours. We would pray out loud, meditate on a scripture, and for us it was Psalm 37, and ask God to really guide our thinking and our discernment. And in God's providence, that that's exactly what happened, and it, it was a great blessing for us. Mm-hmm. I feel like when you are living in the will of God in your day to day, just in, in the in the daily decisions and the things that you know that God is calling you to do, then it makes those big moments uh, a lot easier to trust your instincts because you know that your instincts are spirit led. I think that's right. You know, there's a there's a notion in scripture that he who is entrusted with a little will be entrusted with much, um, if we're found faithful in the little. And I think also uh, the more that we build those daily routines and practices in our life, the more likely we are to be able to honor God in the process. And so I I have found that throughout my life that the more I have turned things over to God, the more I found that God uh, speaks to me readily. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. One of the things, and um, it, it, I don't think you talk about it too much in the book, uh, but something that, that I'm sort of curious about is is leaving well. Because uh, that's, I find that to be so hard. Um, how do you, you know, how do you move on while leaving the place that you were in in a good position? You're right. That is really hard. So often we are so interested to race to the next place that we sort of forget the importance and the value of finishing well, and. Fundamentally, whenever you're leaving a chapter, it's about uh, closing down relationships uh, and and, um, putting sort of a a period on a number of things that you've been involved in for a season. So if there's um, broken relationships that need to be mended before you uh, make a change or if there are other places that um, you ought to uh, consider how, how, how can you leave in a way where you don't have any regrets. I think that's incredibly important. I also think finishing well requires you to have completed the duties that you were asked to complete. And there's a lot of integrity. The way the military oftentimes have people transition, they wrap things up. They make sure that their tour of duty is complete. And Mm -hmm. and similarly, I think we have to sort of approach a a degree of discipline to uh, finishing well. And so it means that up until the day of your last your last hour on the job, you're you're doing the job and you're trying to uh, finish the race uh, successfully. And I also think it involves really trying to honor God and honor those relationships that have been important in that particular season. Mm-hmm. It, it can be difficult because um, obviously you're enjoying a nice transition uh, period between your two jobs. Um, I was granted the same, uh, and, and a lot of people are, but there, there are some industries that, you know, the moment that you even hint that you're going to be moving somewhere else, uh, they'll just show you the door right then. You know, I can think of, of coworkers who, um, had new opportunities and put in their notice and were out keys turned in later that day. When, if you're in an industry where that is the culture 
uh, how do you like do you just do the best that you can when you just when you know that this is coming for you um, or like how do you how do you mitigate against that when the when the leadership culture might not align with with those ideals of being able to leave well well your industry or your employer may not always follow uh, the, the biblical principles of relationship management, but you certainly should. So even if you are shown the door, have to turn in your key card or other things like that uh, the same day that you announce you're leaving, those relationships that you have, they can be sustained. You probably have the cell numbers or your, the office phone numbers mm-hmm. of your colleagues. I think it's really important to take the time to actually say goodbye, to say, you know, I always appreciated this about you. I'm really grateful for the way that you did that. I, I think that the Lord is honored in the way that we show honor and respect to those people we've worked with or been part of our life. You know, um, it's more relevant not so much in workplace transitions, but thinking about community and family transitions. Mm-hmm. You know, you have an aunt and uncle uh, that divorce, but you had the relationship with both of them beforehand. So you, you ought to, even if there's a break in that relationship and you're going to now be spending Christmases with your aunt but not your uncle, you still need to be able to have some kind of closure in that relationship. Henry Cloud wrote a book on um, necessary boundaries, necessary mm-hmm. endings. Mm-hmm. And he talks about how important it is for us to think about how we end well. My hope is that Hinge Moments will be one of those kind of resources for people. Yeah, that's great. Um, what? So you get you, you get in the job, you, you land, you start – integrating into the new place and or the you know wh- whatever the area is if it's a workplace if it's a city uh if it's a new educational opportunity and those new beginnings can really seem overwhelming uh you know you may hit a moment where you're like was this the right decision uh you, you may be thinking that you mean you may know that's not the case rationally even as you're like feeling it emotionally what are some things that we can do to ensure that we land well and begin to integrate into a new uh, new stage of life? Learning names and faces of people mm-hmm. makes a huge difference. When you go to a church for the first time, I think it's really helpful to introduce yourself to people when it's time to pass the peace or before mm-hmm. or after the service and make little notes to remind yourself of who people are so that the next week, because they're probably going to sit in the same location because we tend to do that mm-hmm. both in school and at church, and you can begin to develop relationships, getting to know people. People want to be known. And so if you can make an effort of learning their names and faces, it's probably the easiest, most direct way to become more fully integrated into a new community. Mm-hmm. Um, this is – as like, I think this is becoming especially relevant as we're sort of wrapping up the the COVID-19 pandemic as things start to normalize, um, people are returning to activities or returning to communities that they haven't been engaged in in over a year. Uh, Or maybe they have made some changes during that year and they find themselves now moving into um, new communities, new places, and I, I almost feel like, in, in a sense, for a lot of people, their their i their their sense of rhythm and how they do life. It's it's hard to go back to to that. And I've heard a lot of people say things like, you know, well, we're ready to go back to normal, 
And the problem that I see with that is that normal really wasn't working for a lot of people. Uh, what what opportunities do you see moving forward and what or what challenges do you see as well uh, moving forward so that we don't just get back into the old bad normal? Yeah, I think the recovery that we're in right now provides a terrific opportunity for a reset. And everything from changing up your daily routines because commuting may look different than it uh, did two years ago or thinking about how you relate to other people, the the, the pandemic really provided sort of a, an opportunity to clean the slate. And so my great encouragement is for people to think about what are those parts of, of who I am that I'd like to try and modify to be a, a more godly person, to be a more loving person, and how do you, how do you work to try and um, build the kind of life uh, that would be something that you're really proud of? I also think it's, it's really important for us to not waste this moment of recovery. It was important to me. Hinge moments came out in this particular season mm -hmm. because I think that we're all experiencing a societal inflection point. Mm -hmm. And how we respond in the current season, I think, will set the trajectory of where we go as a people, where we go as a society for decades to come. So, you know, the great thing about a recovery is that it's a chance to press the reset button. Mm -hmm. I, I have two more questions for you and the specifics of this are relating to hinge moments, moving from high school to college, and then sort of at the end of the uh, of, of your working days, moving into retirement. Uh, I, I spent seven years as a youth pastor, so every year I got to help shepherd high school students into their college careers and, and sort of moving forward, helping them formulate, you know, what do I want to do? What who do I want to? What do I want to be when I grow up? Uh, and not only have you written this book, but you're a college president, so you've, you're kind of – you see that as well on an even grander scale. What advice specifically do you have to high schoolers as they navigate that planned hinge moment into college? I think college is a great opportunity for people to establish a set of habits and practices that will shape the rest of their life. So if you've not been somebody who's had – daily time with God, I think it's really important to do that. If you've not been somebody who has a regular life of service and volunteering for other people, it's the right moment to begin to develop it. If you've not been somebody who uh, practices weekly Sabbath rest, it's the right moment to try and do it. All of these great things, when you head off to college, you have a chance to sort of become a new person, become the better self you've always wanted to be. If you've had a problem with losing your temper, it's an opportunity for you to think about how can I be more self-controlled? If you have, you know, if you've not always been the most generous person, you can figure out how do I build generosity into just who I'm becoming. These are all great things that we can do because of the opportunity of starting over. College is a great chance to begin anew. Mm -hmm. That's great. And then, sort of, the other side of this is transitioning into retirement. And I, I don't know that we have too many people who listen to this podcast who are close to retirement age, but we, we might have a few that are hopefully, you know, beginning to think about long-term, um, what is that stage of life going to look like? I, I know that uh, when I think about, you know, my grandparents in particular, uh, their movement into retirement was, um, it was a hard thing for them. Uh, that sort of movement into old age, even after they retired, they found other jobs and other things to do. Uh, and then there's that, that transition into old age uh, and loss of independence that comes with that can be so hard. 
hmm. what are how can we navigate for those of that age navigate navigate those challenges in that transition well i think the great thing about retirement in the the current context is that retirement is not the end it's mm-hmm. the beginning of something new and there's so many opportunities for new chapters of service and engagement. My mom retired as head of an independent school, but moved into a season of even greater fruitfulness and faithfulness as she was able to encourage other administrators at a local Christian school. I think that's the kind of things that you can be thinking about is how can I now sort of be investing? And a great thing is that when you make the, the turn past 50, you really begin thinking about how do I give back to the next generation? And so you can be involved through your church or through your workplace or even sort of mentoring that occurs in the community, these become ways in which you can sort of speak to people. I mean, right before I got on this podcast, I was talking with a a recent Gordon grad. He's probably five, seven years out of school, and has had some tough challenges along the way, um, both personally and professionally. And yet um, it's it's very gratifying to feel like I can sort of help encourage him. I want to help him become um, a better version of himself, living more faithfully uh, for God, and really – honoring the Lord in the different parts of his life. That's the kind of stuff that you get to do when you're uh, thinking about uh, a new chapter, a new season, is always being able to give back. We are among the most blessed group of Christ followers who have ever walked the earth. We are healthier, we are wealthier, better resourced, better networked, better educated, and all of these come as tremendous blessings to us, but we are blessed in order to be a blessing to other people. So how can we take whatever God has given to us and particularly when we're thinking about entering into a new season, and how can we use it to serve more people? Mm-hmm. Well, Dr. Lindsay, I want to thank you for taking time out of your day to be on the podcast. And you're you're very busy, and you're uh, you have so many things going on. Uh, again, the book is Hinge Moments: Making the Most of Life's Transitions, uh, released from uh, InterVarsity Press, and it's just a great. I know we're I know we're past the graduation uh, season, but uh, you can go ahead and get it for your incoming uh, seniors in high school because it'd make a great graduation gift, uh, a great mm-hmm. gift for anyone you know who is about to uh, move into a major life transition. So uh, thank you, Dr. Lindsay, for your book. Thank you for the conversation. Thanks so much.